Catharsis. Mm. I like that word. All right. Well, welcome to another Spotted Goats podcast. It's Jeff and, as he takes a drink, Nathan. (laughs) (laughs) And, of course, William down at the end is making sure that this is actually going to get to you. So I'm thankful that he's here. Um, he puts up with so much. God bless that man. Yes. So we've got a very uplifting topic for this week. So everybody, grab your popcorn, <laughs> your favorite drink. We're going to talk depression. All right. Depression in the church. Depression in the church. And um, so, yeah, we're, I'm going to lead a little bit here uh, on this one. And as we were chatting here, I think it's worth mentioning that our goal is not to teach you how to fix depression. Correct. And I'm not going to talk about treatment in any kind of big way because I really feel that that would be uh, reckless of me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to put this out here on the front end. It would end. also be futile. A futile. <laughs> <laughs> the struggle is real. Um, so I want to put this out at the beginning, and that is that if you are struggling with depression, first mm-hmm. and foremost, it does not define you. Mm-hmm. It is not a weakness. Mm-hmm. And reach out. Yeah. Reach out to a loved one, a pastor, uh, you know, a, a mental health professional, you know, your primary care physician, a good friend, but reach out. Because one of the things that makes things better and helps us on this healing journey is when we refuse to isolate. Mm -hmm. So if you are depressed, the one thing I want you to do is not isolate and reach out for help. Either you or someone you know uh, is experiencing or has experienced depression. Or will. Or will. In this conversation, I have. And uh, this was one of the reasons why I wanted to have this conversation uh, was because uh, I, I, in our culture of healing, in our community of conversation that we want to, to build, uh, we're going to be as absolutely transparent as possible. So I want you, first of all, to understand that my name is Nathan, and I have and had depression. Uh, it's different now because I don't think it's something that, you know, there's no magical rainbows and unicorns moment where you skip <laughs> off into a meadow and everything's great. Um, but I just, I just want you to, I want people to understand that they are seen and God loves them and they are not broken and they are not refuse. And if you know someone or if you yourself are experiencing these things, then this is an episode where we're going to scratch the surface, yep. but it's going to be for you. Yeah. So uh, as we're talking through that, you know, I want you to understand that there are uh, examples of depression in the word. Mm-hmm. You know, we, oh, yeah. this is not new. Right. Um, there are folks that we can read about. And, and I love when Nathan talks about it because um, it makes a connection from the past to the present. And then maybe we can positively impact the future. So right. what I want to do is I want to kind of equip you a little bit here with, uh, you know, what is depression? Um, what can we do with it? Um, to just kind of, kind of to know what it is and how we process it. So there are several forms of depression, um, some of which, um, are more well known than others. But if you really think about it, uh, as you go through the, the DSM, which is, uh, a book that, uh, mental health professionals use, it's the diagnostic and statistical manual of disorders. It's a roller coaster oh, of man. thrill, spills, and chills. If you if you want to have um, 
you know, some good reading material right before bed because you had too much <laughs> espresso in the afternoon. It's right there. Um, and I'm, I joke, it's got a lot of really great info in it. And um, when you look at it, it will go for pages and pages and pages uh, about various pieces and parts. But what what we need to think about with depression is this, is that, you know, it's a depressed mood. Mm-hmm. Uh, some folks call it feeling blue or mm-hmm. feeling sad. Uh, I find it interesting that when we look at our American heritage, um, we see depression really show up at the founding of our country in Thomas Jefferson. He wrote mm-hmm. uh, several times about how he suffered from the disease of Melancholia. Melancholy. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's really, really interesting that it shows up and it kind of is a thread that we see in our story as humans. Now, when you look at the DSM and you try to identify, you know, what is depression? You know, it lists initially nine different things and you have to have five of them, um, you know, to be classified or diagnosed as suffering with depression. But I find it interesting some of the things that it mentions and just I'm not going to read them all, but things like depressed mood most of the day, diminished interest uh, or diminished uh, enjoyment significant weight loss, insomnia, psychomotor agitation, uh, fatigue, feeling worthless, Mm -hmm. I think with our Mm -hmm. most recent episode, but (laughs) are we seeing a theme here? Uh, Diminished ability to think and recurrent thoughts of death. Uh, You know, all those things that make for a fun Friday night. Absolutely. So I get that when um, watching uh, Steel Magnolias. I get that when watching Beaches. I get that. Anything with Barbara Streisand in it causes that. Yeah, Prince of Tides. It's a chuckle a minute. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things that I think a lot of people feel several of these pulling into work on Monday morning. Um, the Harvard Business Review has been starting to write about the Sunday scaries mm-hmm. um, because that tends to be more anxiety, but it's anxiety and depression, things like sure, that. Sure, they're cousins. And, and yeah, <laughs> they live just down the street. They are cousins. Um, but that's the thing is that. Um, these, I think as you read through those, you go, most people would say, I've experienced at least one of those. I know I did. Right. You know, as I'm looking at, and, and when I say this in the past, once again, I want you all to understand that this is much like recovery. So yeah, I, in my mind, I equate how you treat something like this along with, mm-hmm. you know, very similar to how you go through a recovery program. But I know what it's like to have no excitement about anything. Yeah. I know what it's like to feel like joy is 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 a farce it does not exist uh feelings of nothingness perpetual dissatisfaction um you just the desire that all you wanted to do is sleep right the last thing you wanted to do was to see another human being any human being even those that you know that you love deeply it's all real sure so so maybe some of these things may connect with someone who's listening to this well, and I think it's it's worth calling out that when you look at these, um, and for example, I, you know, I mentioned you know diminished ability to think or concentrate or indecisiveness. Mm-hmm. Just because you're fighting with your wife because you can't decide what you want for dinner, you know, the perpetual <laughs> right. argument. That's not depression. That is not depression. Yeah. Um, and we're not trying to diagnose you, by the right. way. That is a medical professional's job. Right. Exactly. Don't don't be coming in here for that. Um, goat said that I was depressed. <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, but the point is, is that depression shows up when you have 
multiple of these things firing all at the same time or within a short time period. Right. Um, and like I said, it doesn't mean you're bad. It doesn't mean you're weak. It could just be a hard time and mm-hmm. you're coping uh, in a way that's not necessarily the healthiest. I was definitely raised to think that any mental health issue was a weakness and it right. was not to be discussed. You know, those were uh, kind of the holdover from the boomers before mm-hmm. we came along. You know, any any issues there uh, like that between your ears? Yep. Don't share it. Get back to work. Right. Now, here's the the interesting – I keep using that word interesting. Can you tell that this is an area I'm interested in? That's peculiar. Peculiar. Um, the thing is, is that when we don't address something, it doesn't just go away. Right. I've got this lesion. Oh, I just won't look at it. It'll get mm-hmm. better. And then you wonder why you have skin cancer. Right. Right. Um, same thing here. And so when we look at how depression moves and how it works – you know, it can ha- it can come and go. It could be for a short period. It could be for a long period. Um, but we're finding, uh, and I, I want to look into more of the history of this, but um, this manual that is used by mental health professionals does call out another form of depression, which is persistent depression, persistent depressive disorder. Easy to say, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and what's what's the call out here? There are a few others, but the the piece that really jumps out is that this happens for more than two years. Gosh. The suffering an individual must go through to get this diagnosis Mm -hmm. breaks my heart. Mm -hmm. It's medieval. It it, it (laughs) is. It really is. And then when you look at it and you think, okay, well, we've talked about two. It's taken, you know, 10 minutes. And then when you look and see that as a, a, a mental health professional is working through this with you, there is specifier upon specifier. You know, partial remission, anxious distress, atypical features, and then everything has a... uh, Sounds like a list of side effects on every commercial (laughs) we've ever seen. May cause XX gambling. (laughs) And, you know, the thing is, is that it can also be graded as mild, moderate, or severe. Right. So this is a real thing, and it does show up at times on purpose. Mm -hmm. You will have events where depression is expected. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. What do you mean? Well, I mean, th- you're going to get a depressed mood when you lose someone you love dearly. Right. Right. That doesn't mean that you've got a chronic issue or something that's going to last forever. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are moments where things will happen where an appropriate response is to have a depressed mood. Mm-hmm. It's when it draws out. It's when it shows up, as my mother would say, when it shows up in spades. I would, I right? would call that, though. I would call that appropriate sadness. Yeah. Yeah, bereavement, maybe. Yeah, of course. Uh, of course. Grieving. Yeah, you know like the, that, um, so. the the Hebrew Hebrew culture has a bereavement period of seven days, hmm. and and I think and I believe that's right. I hope that's right. You if get not, a week to work it out. Right. If not, feel free to correct <laughs> me. Shoot us an email. Uh, but uh, a lot of cultures have a specified amount of bereavement, where it's expected that you go through some of the parts of the cycles of grief so that you can come back and, and return to normal life. So it's it's normal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is that when you look at the the National Institute of Health, um, they really break it down into two different things. And I think when we look at some of our traditions, like taking seven days, we're working through some of that uh, or allowing the individual to work through some of that with a little bit of grace. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, A lot of grace. Right. Because there are physical or somatic symptoms, weight loss, 
insomnia. I could have used some of that weight loss, let me tell you. It went the opposite direction with me. Depression is not a weight loss plan. I know. It went the opposite Um, direction with me. It did. And the medication caused massive weight gain. Uh Uh-huh. And then there's also those cognitive and affective symptoms, right? You know, racing thoughts, lack of motivation, sadness, feeling blue. Um, And the thing is, yet again, it, it causes pain, but it it's an extreme sense of despair that lasts, mm-hmm. and I think that's worth calling out. Now, one of the other pieces that we have to, to think about or I think about is, well, what causes this? Mm-hmm. Where's it come from, right? And it's one of those things. It's, it's like trying to cure the common cold. There's so <laughs> many right, right. ways. Like, did everybody wash their hands today every mm-hmm. single time they went to the bathroom for 20 seconds? If not, go buy an Apple Watch. It'll tell you when it's okay to stop. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things that there are so many facets to it. And I think that it's worth calling out because people are going to go, do I have depression? Is it normal? Um, of course, I want you to reach out and get help, so find somebody. But things that, that have been identified causes of depression, and Nathan, I think this will probably transition into more of your story. Mm-hmm. Um not necessarily the first one, but as we go through sure, the sure, causes, sure. Um, childhood experiences, mm-hmm. you know, abuse and neglect, trauma, something as simple as an unsettled family of origin. Did you, were you raised in a home that was constantly turning over and turning itself inside out? Mm-hmm. Or were you raised in a home where it was okay to be you and things were fairly stable? Um, life experiences. I'll tell you, I, I, I would have to really reach out to folks that were around me at the time. I failed miserably right out of college, (laughs) and I went from 180 pounds to 300 pounds in about six months, Mm -hmm. and um, still trying to recover from that, Um, but that was due to a job loss. Right. Right? So there are life experiences like that. Uh, Relational issues, grief. Like, we just passed, won't lie, going to be fully transparent. Uh, on the 7th, we passed uh, an anniversary of the passing of my grandfather. There was some sadness there. I'm not going to classify or diagnose myself as depressed, but there was a mourning that happened again when I turned that calendar page, and I think that's worth calling out. Um, but here's the other thing, and I, if you've listened to our podcast on image of God and the things that we think, this one really stands out to me. Depression can be caused by patterns of thinking, self-blaming, self-loathing, ruminating, and just a general negative outlook. Mm -hmm. Makes you ask that question again. (laughs) If I'm created in the image of God, am I constantly focusing on my wretchedness and the total depravity of my soul? So those are just some of the uh, the issues there, some of the causes. Um, Nathan wanted me to go down through some of that. Um, I think I, it's really important that we understand that this is a, a not just a mental condition, but it has medical, physical absolutely. interactions. Absolutely. Yeah, because the treatments come into various types of therapy. You don't have a demon. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, some types of therapy uh, will assist. And also uh, the other... Um, the other treatment is pharmacological. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes these depressive moods are caused of an imbalance. Yeah. We just got to get things in order. Uh, Mine was treated with SSRIs. Uh, they are not, I do not 
my journey was not good with them. Okay. Uh, but, but it was treated medically. But again, call out to everybody as you're dealing with this. Uh, if you deal with this, make sure you get help. Don't isolate. It's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not going to be easy. It's not necessarily going to be fun, but you don't have to do it alone. I can promise you that. Yeah. Don't do it alone. And and because this is such a personal journey that we want you to understand that we see you, that, that you are seen and we care. There are people that care. I will also say this, because it is such a personal journey, I'm not here Honestly, to give massive advice on what you can do with yours. Right. Uh, and I would not presume to know. I would say that if you have these issues, you need to seek out people that are professionally yeah. trained. Uh, because honestly, for me to talk about this, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm sharing this with you because I want people to understand that it's okay for us to take the veil off of these hidden, mm-hmm. quote unquote, shameful parts of the human existence, but I don't like talking about it. Agreed. And I want to ask, I want to get into your story here in yeah. just a second, yeah. but um, I can tell you that also reach out to those folks that you trust your story with. If they've earned your story, if they have earned it, it, share it with them. Right. Right. If they haven't earned it, probably not a good plan. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so with that, Nathan, um, you have shared some of your story with me and I want to know more. So, uh, as we're talking about depression, and you've stated you had have suffered with depression, mm-hmm. how did you discover that? In retrospect, now for me, I, I didn't realize that I I uh, was suffering from any kind of depression until well into it. Oh, okay. Until it had gotten so bad that I realized that something was wrong, and it wasn't me speaking in my head anymore. Oh, metaphorically okay. speaking. Okay. Uh, so, so for me, I, I did have a, you know, several dark nights, mm-hmm. uh, low moments that I thought, holy crap, what is going on? And sure. cause the me that I knew at one point, it was almost like you separate from that body. Not literally. I did not have an out of body experience, <laughs> but you look down at yourself from an objective standpoint and you go, that's not me. So something is wrong. And I need to talk to someone because, like I said, I was raised thinking that mental health issues were weaknesses and you're not supposed to talk about them. You keep them to yourself and any, you know, any God fearing man, you know, any, any God fearing man out there does not have a weakness like this. And if he does, then he needs to get right with Jesus. Oh, so you're saying this isn't just something women go through. Right. Um, Of course. Yeah. This is not some weak woman emotional problem. This is a human problem. Nathan, you and I have talked about it, and I'm looking through our notes. I, I say weak woman it. facetiously, by the way. <laughs> um, when you think about depression in men, um, do you see any examples of that in the Bible? <laughs> it's almost like we've talked about Loaded this. question. I'm, I'm thinking back to days on the porch. My favorite is Moses. Moses? Yeah, my favorite wait, is wait, Moses. Wait, 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 wait. He is one of the giants of the faith. Of course he is. And he was depressed. And we think he was depressed. Yeah, I, it takes one to know one, right? Oh, okay. So um, I see survivor's guilt in Moses when he beat to death the Egyptians for, for whipping the Hebrew. Hmm. Uh, I see doubt in Moses all throughout the sojourn through the desert. Okay. Uh, I see depression when he just at one point when he's negotiating with God on the way uh, before the Exodus, before he goes to Egypt, mm-hmm. when he finally says, God, I've given you all these other reasons. I don't speak well and all these things. And God says, no, I think this is the plan for you. And finally goes, just pick somebody else. 
and and you think about in those terms, his context is interesting because his context was one was he had already you know he had already killed the Egyptian, he had fled, he had gotten away, he finally had a quiet nomadic you know hidden right. existence in the desert, right. um, while he realized that he could not benefit from the oppression of his people anymore. He had gotten away from that, so he's no longer benefiting from that, but at the same time, he's he's far enough away that he doesn't have to deal with anything. And finally, you know, God comes to him in whatever fashion he actually comes to him, and, and he finally just says, will you please just, for the love of you, pick somebody else? <laughs> and, and I can see that. I see depression in David's melancholy mm. when he realizes that he has all that a man could ever want, and he has nothing. Mm. Uh, those existential questions, right? I see the I see the depression in uh, Elijah when Elijah goes up and down and up and down and up and down, and one day he's calling down fire on the prophets of Baal, and then the next day he's hiding in a cave, waiting for. And it, and it's so it's so interesting. At one point, and a lot of times in the in the Ezekiel, excuse me, the Elijah story, uh, Elijah speaks for God. If you read the text correctly, uh, or at least the way it is, a, a lot of the things like the flood, for example, that was Elijah's idea. Mm. Or excuse me, not the flood, the drought. Going, not uh, the flood. That was a <laughs> wrong text. It's in the text. No, it's actually not. Uh, the the uh, drought was Elijah's idea, and God backed it up. Hmm. It never said God did not say go tell them that a drought was coming. Oh, they worked as a partnership, right? Hmm. Yeah, it was a partnership. And 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 then when things worked, uh, they, when they were working, he's on cloud nine. And when Ahab and and uh, Jezebel are chasing him, then he is hiding in the wilderness, and he just wants to die. He's literally right. being, you know, according to the story, he's literally being kept alive by birds feeding him. Mm. So it's so it's up and down and up and down. Some of you might be able to relate to this. <laughs> John the Baptist is a great example oh. of this. You think about if you spend your... I happen to believe, and I'm not going to go into a whole breakdown of this, but I happen to believe that, that John the Baptist was an expelled Essene from the community, probably from Qumran. It's time to GTS. Uh, no, <laughs> I know, you, you got to GTS that. Um, but uh, I believe that you know he, he had spent his entire youthful and adult life in the order of the Essenes. And then at one point he finds himself expelled in the wilderness, wandering, calling for Messiah, leading the way like the new Elijah. And mm. so he has to have all these doubts. And he spent his entire, he, he rolled all his dice. He put all his chips in on the table on Messiah. And when he gets arrested for calling out Herod, he's in prison and his followers show up to Jesus saying, are you really the one? John wants to know. Can you imagine John the Baptist doubting his entire life's work in a Roman cell in a dark, damp Roman cell, wondering if his entire life was a waste? Yeah, depression's in the Bible. It's And there's more, but I won't go. You know, we have too much time. But <laughs> but yes, absolutely. So if I if I... To me, that gives me... Uh, it gives me solace to know that not only is this not a 20th and 21st century problem, yeah, it's a human existence problem. And it's one that God is, I know you're not shocked to hear this, he's not unacquainted with. <laughs> yeah, and I think what the beauty in the text is that he saw those people. Yeah. They were not alone. And he worked with them. 
His glory was achieved through people suffering from depression. So I'm looking at you believers who doubt yourselves, believers who are melancholy and depressed. God can do so much with you. God's doing so much with me, and it's all praise to him. Nothing nothing that I do, like I'm getting to know such wonderful people simply because of what he's doing through us, Mm -hmm. for example. You know, our friendship is an act of God. Yep. Um, I, I am a a sinful, not garbage. I'm a <laughs> sinful, depressed human being that loves God and follows Jesus and just says, you know what? I'm going to let you do your thing. That's all there is to me. That's all there is to me. And it gives me such energy and solace to know that God can work with people that are in that. But let me give you a warning because there are human elements that carry the name of Christ that will take advantage of you. Yes. If you allow them to. Yes. Because spiritually depression can affect us with bitterness and doubt, which leads to despair. And that despair will take us to feelings of futility, our loss of value. I'm looking at you, total depravity. And then what that does, Jeff, and you can tell it maybe from your experience too, but for that, for me and my experience, I see that that opens people to abuse. Yes, absolutely. Um, I don't know how many folks are out there. I, I, I don't want to know the number. Yeah, I have that, no desire to are, know. are struggling because in a, a moment uh, where they may be suffering from depression and they find themselves questioning their, val- their value and their futility, they're, they're finding nothing is working, and in walks the Mark Driscoll. Calling you out. <laughs> All of a sudden, I feel the need to move and change my name. Um, but yeah, I mean, in walks the power, Marky Mark in the Funky Church, the <laughs> the power playing pastor. Anybody know. like that though? We're not yeah, condemning no, Mark Driscoll. We're just I'm, anybody. The reason like I'm saying that is I listened to a really great podcast about them recently. Bum, bum, bum. Um, but you know, when you have those folks that walk in with the power play. You know, they may not be targeting you as the individual. Maybe right. they are. I don't know. But um, they don't necessarily have to because when you find yourself in these vulnerable moments and you're questioning and someone shows up with a powerful voice and says, oh, your question, here's your answer. Because hurting people, that especially are dealing with mental issues as mm-hmm. well, uh, they are not, they're not happy to stay there. That's the thing you have to understand is that I've heard so many times, well, you just need to pick yourself up. By the bootstraps. By the bootstraps like an American, like like <laughs> like Abraham Lincoln said on Instagram that one time, and you need to lift yourself up on bald eagle's wings and just go be an American Christian. Because of that fruit of the spirit, patriotism. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's not how it no, works. It's People not. with these issues want to be better most of the time. It's not that they like it. Right. They're not wallowing yeah, in it. Yeah, and some well, sometimes they turn a corner to the point where they don't know that there is any other way. Correct. And it's not that they want to feel better. They just don't feel. They don't they, feel anything. They don't, yeah, it's just they're numb. Yeah. And um, and I really feel for those. But, no, it most definitely opens you up for abuse. Um, you know, and with your journey, you mentioned medication, weight gain. Mm-hmm. Um, what what other things did you experience? I, I I do have to ask the question. You said anything was on the table, okay? Uh, and now that uh, our listeners have met your wife mm-hmm. and the wonderful person that she is, what was that like as a uh, a married man? Um, how did that look with your spouse? How did that look at home? 
I thank God for the grace that he gives us because I couldn't give myself the grace that I need. Oh. Okay. Uh, I, my wife is an amazing person. Mm. And the the journey that she went on with me through all this, mm-hmm. she's as close to a saint as I'll ever meet. <laughs> um, because... We walked together, mm-hmm. even when it was undiagnosed, even when I didn't know why I was melancholy. If I just said, well, I'm like my dad, yeah, who drank himself to death mm. at 57 years old. That's hard. Um, I watched his yellow body wither in a hospital. Mm. Okay? And the... Uh, the experience of walking, I will tell you this, for those of you that are struggling in the middle of this right now, let me give you some hope. On this side of it, I look at my wife and her partnership and her care for me, and it only serves to make me adore her exponentially more and understand that grace can be, you know, you can experience the grace of God through human beings for sure, because um, without my wife, uh, I, would, I would be lost. I can say that a thousand percent. Do we still want to claw each other's eyes out sometimes? Absolutely. Uh, but at the same time, uh, without her there, um, she she is a living testimony. She's my my living uh, Ebenezer, as it were, mm-hmm. my, to to the power and efficacy of God's grace and patience. And the reason I ask that question is one: I want people to know that this can be worked through. Yes. And that when we do have partners, uh, it, it is easier mm-hmm. with them. And it's such a testimony, by the way, to God's design for marriage. Yeah. Uh, and we're not going to, we don't have time to even no. go into that, but the, this whole antiquated idea of, well, you're going to find you a help meet, and that little woman's going to get behind you and she's going to make a good <laughs> house for you, throws it right out the window. Uh-huh. That woman saved me for years. Yep. Well, and that's the that's kind of the micro level, right? So we're talking about a pair of individuals working through this, right? And so that begs the question, and I'm going to ask you, uh, as one who was diagnosed and has worked through it and uh, still deals mm-hmm. with it, I'm sure. Sure, of course. Is what does that look like in true community? Not just the family unit, but in community. How do we deal with it? How in do community? we deal? What What would you say with your experience? I would tell any church leader. And anyone in a church, because guess what? 20% of your church has some form of depression or anxiety. Uh, almost 30% of Gen Z mm-hmm. is dealing, or they are dealing with these issues. Uh, number one, we need to, in my, in my mind, this is my, my theses on the door, all right? I'm putting on my Martin Luther hat. This is the only time you'll ever see me wear it. Um, support conversation. Okay, we need to have more conversations like this. Transparency. Remove the stigmas. Uh, Your minister might have depression. Yeah. Okay, your pastor might be depressed. If you have 10 elders at your church or bishops or whatever you call them at your church, two of them at least are depressed. Um, You are, I want, this needs to be said out Mm. loud. It needs to just be aired out. So, you know, if you wash a sheet, but you don't hang it out in the sun to dry it, it's going to mildew. So let's not let it mildew. Let's get it out in the sun. I would also say we need to listen without trying to solve. Hmm. 
novel idea. I know. I was about to try to turn a phrase here and say, you know, we do need to talk about it because I need to remind you that it's all going to be all right. You just need to be looking for tomorrow. Just try let go a little let harder. God. Try a little harder. It'll be okay. And, and it's interesting because I would re- respond to my next one, no platitudes. <laughs> they don't help. I don't have a platitude. You know, I, I don't live in Australia. Once again, we talked about it before. It's the old idea of, you know, you're standing there at a young child's funeral and just saying, oh, God just needed another angel. Oh. Um, yeah, it's it's disgusting uh, when, you know, the idea of, well, you know, you just need to let go and let God. Uh, just, you know, the old pick yourself up by the bootstraps thing. You want to memorize these words. I love you. Yeah. And I'm sorry. That, that sounds hard. Mm-hmm. What can I do to support you as a right. brother or sister in Christ? Right. What do you need right now? Right. How can I help? Being the hands Just and feet. Being there. And um, I think it's really interesting. We had a, a, we found out after the fact, talking about my wife, mm-hmm. uh, we found out after the fact that some folks that we know were having some of these feelings and um, just showing up with a cup of coffee. You know, laughing a little, letting bit. people know that they matter. You never know. That's one of the things that I'm learning. I'm still very young in this mental health game. And one of the things I'm learning is no matter who you know, you don't know what's happening at home. Not an ounce. We we are walking Instagram reels. Mm-hmm. If you're lucky enough to have friends like you and Nicole have become for us, and hopefully we are for Absolutely. you. Absolutely. When things hit the fan, we're able to go, God, that sucks. Mm-hmm. What can we do to help? And, uh, but that doesn't happen often, you know, and it should happen more, especially in a community that claims Christ, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think that's really, really key because when these folks are, are suffering and dealing with it, and I think we have to also be clear, these are not depressed folks. These are individuals suffering with depression. Mm-hmm. We don't want to label them as these broken things. Mm-hmm. These are individuals that are trying just like you and I, and they just happen to have this struggle on their plate. But also, can I throw this out there? Yeah. We need to understand that these are not new occurrences. Oh, yeah. These are like we talked about in the text. And we have to understand that even though it may be individuals suffering with depression, we, we can't look at them like they are radioactive. Right. Right. They, they are people that struggle with, you know, <clears throat> just like somebody may struggle, uh, struggle with gambling. Right. Or somebody may struggle with... with uh, I'm going to call it pornography because sure. that's one that's showing up a lot lately. Absolutely. Or drug addiction or right. any of those things. It's, it's another issue. It's not a totally different experience. Right. Because right now, a lot of these people, they have a... A fear of rejection or dismissal. Oh, if, yeah. if it comes to light, it's almost like you know you, the, the scarlet letter of adultery. Well, right. this is like the violet letter of depression. <laughs> you know, you, you can't let it come out because they feel I like prefer if fuchsia. Okay, we'll take it magenta even. Um, but if somebody <laughs> if somebody comes out and says that I've got depression, yeah. they're they're so afraid they're going to be rejected, looked at funny. People are going to walk around them with kit gloves, and that's why I'm saying this out loud for the. Two of you that listen to this podcast, I want you to understand <laughs> that I'm saying it out loud. I know what this road is like. I'm not an expert at it, but I know what this I road is like. There. I'm going to be on stage in my church, and I have been there. Okay. okay? And if you have as well, there's hope. The point is healing and hope. Mm-hmm. And that's why God, no, that's not why, but it's one of the ways that God loves you. 
And I, I love the word hope um, for very many reasons. And um, I think one of the things as we close out uh, that is, is worth mentioning is when we're living with people in a community, whether that's church, work, home, and you come across individuals, whether they've been diagnosed with depression or not, but when we're coming, when we come across individuals that are suffering and they don't see the light at the end of the tunnel or they see it and they think it's a train or they just are numb. This world is not easy. You know, we live in a blessed place called the United States. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've got a ton of problems, but the fact of the matter is we live in a blessed place when most of the world is living on $2 a day and we go spend $6 on a cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. We live in a blessed place. But when we come across these individuals, we have one of the greatest honors and callings an individual can have. And that is we can hold out hope for them when they can't hold it out for themselves. Mm-hmm. I'm specifically thinking of my mother-in-law <laughs> and her father. Yeah. Those individuals hold out hope for people. I know that she did for me when I needed it so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still wouldn't say I would, I mean, I self, you know, diagnosing an individual here, I wouldn't do that. But, you know, I don't know that I had depression, but I was definitely in a very bad place. Melancholy is a thing. And she was able to look at me with the love of Jesus and know that there was hope for me. Mm-hmm. And I, she couldn't verbalize it. Right. And I didn't need it verbalized. I just needed somebody there. It's almost like you just needed a comforter. You just need someone there. And then afterwards to talk about it and her and me to look at her and go, how did you know? And she goes, oh, there's always hope. Mm-hmm. To get to hold hope for another individual is one of those things that we get to do as believers and as disciples. So um, it's okay to hold out hope. It's okay to look at that person and say, in your mind, Oh man, you don't see the beauty that's coming. Mm-hmm. I'm going to remind you of that once this is over. And I have one other, this just came to my mind. Yep. One other thing that we need to do as a community. And if your church does not do this, then once again, change it or find a better church. You, we need to be committed to lifting these people up out of that cage, mm. not seeing to it that they just obey and stay in their box. Right. If if you feel that your church actually wants to keep you in that cave, then you need to walk out of that cave. Yeah. If they're take if you are not to be taken advantage of. Yeah. You are to be loved on. Yes. And 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 supported and helped. And the institution that we call the church, we have it upon ourselves to lift these people up and love them and give them hope and healing and honestly help them mend their wings. Yeah. Because we're going to need it too. We are. We all get a turn. We all get a turn to be ministered to Mm -hmm. and we all get the opportunity to minister to others. And I think it's worth calling out as we close out that that being the church doesn't happen in the church building. Right. That happens on the road at five o'clock in Nashville when the, the woo girl just cuts you off. Mm Mm-hmm. It happens in the office building when a you know demand from someone up the chain has come down at 445 on a Friday. And it happens at home when our children are confused. 
Um, you know, I, I, there's a lot of stuff going on. Kids are dealing with things as they start back to school now that mm-hmm. we never did. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we can all know what I'm alluding to. Sure. Um, and we get to hold out hope and minister to them. We get to lift them up and say, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I will mention one of the things that I, I remember a former pastor saying, we know who wins and we should celebrate that. So with that, if you're suffering with depression, little you know, ad here at the end, find someone. Yes. Find someone to give you some help. Get, find a, a good, qualified mental health professional. Love on your family uh, if they're suffering with these things. Love on your friends. Love on the strangers that are suffering with it. Be there for each other because this is a very real issue. It is not new, and it is not going away. You're mm-hmm. going to get plenty of practice. So hopefully we'll see you next time. And that's it. Thanks, Thanks, Nathan.